0: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What a day it's been. It is the end of the week. you finally made it. Congratulations. As we go into the weekend, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio, TV, and our live streaming, plus our podcasting thereafter as well. Welcome in your Millennial General reporting for duty. Like we do every other day of the week as well. You can find us on our social media Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch.tv, OurFreedomBook.com, Instagram, TikTok, doesn't matter. We're on all of them at Hoosier Reason, plus our website at HoosierReason.com. We got some fun stuff to talk about today. (laughs) I, I, I had to start it off today. I'm starting to lose hope in humanity. I go on these roller coasters up and down. There's some days where I'm really, really happy. And I'm like, wow, we might be able to advance as a human race and actually do something creative and do something awesome and do really good. And then there are days where I'm like, I don't understand how people even figure out how to tie their shoes in the morning. It's kind of a roller coaster thing right now. But... Right now I'm kind of on the low end. I'm like I'm not sure how we even like put our pants on in the at the beginning of the day or how we even get to work in the morning without like losing our minds or having complete backups all over our highways. Oh, that's right. We actually do. I'm watching some of these pictures and looking at pictures of people during this gas shortage on the East Coast, which is unfortunate. It's sad. The fact that we were held hostage for the pipeline, they paid, what, $5 million to open it back up. So it's actually up. It's functioning again. It's moving. But there's a gas shortage. They're expecting a few weeks before it actually gets back to normal capacity. They're saying like Memorial Day. Until then, they're looking at some of these gas shortages as like 7 to $8 a gallon for gas uh, for you to purchase it. They're at like a at Washington, D.C. areas, like a, like a 90% usage, which means they only have 10% of the reserves left. They're kind of panicking. So I'd like to remind everybody who hates uh, pipelines, welcome to the world that you've created because that's what you actually want. I find that ironic. Number two, watching people panic which we saw it this last year as well with the COVID-19 pandemic where people went out and just bought a crap ton of toilet paper, I, I shake my head because I'm one, as you know, where I'm not necessarily a doomsday prepper, but I like to be prepared. Here in the state of Kansas we used to have under the former Republican Governor Sam Brownback we used to have the zombie apocalypse preparedness month for the month of October which was essentially hey it's a state that has a lot of tornadoes or we have droughts or we have power outages it's kind of a rural state not sure if you're aware of that but just in case you lose power or there's a big snowstorm or ice storm or there's a tornado or things terrible you need to be prepared you need to have some food stocked up need to have some water supplies need to have some uh some things in your vehicle need to have some extra clothing you need to have some guns you need to have some whatever i mean there's just things that you can do for basic preparation so when the covid19 pandemic hit i wasn't too concerned we were in the middle of moving because we had just moved back here from kansas from the state of ohio at that time like two weeks before everything locked down but i so we were kind of stuck in a in a kind of a limbo place right there but nonetheless we were still prepared i wasn't too terribly worried Because we're prepared. We already have that preparedness mindset. If things happen, this is what you do. This is how you get food. This is how you get water. To me, my mind's always racing that way because you never know what's going to happen. I don't know why that's a bad thing or why you're conspiratorial if you live that way. Because you're just prepared. I was in the Boy Scouts. Be prepared. That's the scout model. That's what you do. This gas shortage is something different, to say the least. I'm looking at some pictures, and I don't know if you've seen some of these. You can just Google funny pictures from gas shortage. And the things that people do, I don't know how they tie their shoes in the morning. I don't know how they survive on a day-to-day basis. I don't know if they know not to eat the crayons. And this is one of those lower days for me personally where I'm just struggling to understand how humanity has survived as far as ha- as far as it has. There are some people that have actually had, you know, the barrels and they try and fill the barrels full of gas. All right, you know what, a little excessive, it's gonna be all right. And if you run out of gas and you don't have any gas for your vehicles, then oh my god. We're already in a COVID pandemic where, you know, you, you know, most people are working from home anyway. So if you run out of gas, it just makes you another excuse to stay at home in your jammies or, you know, in pantless free or pant free or something. I mean, I'd be, I'd be OK with that as well. Having to get up and go to work every day. Good golly. Number two, I've seen some where there's ridiculous pictures of people, by the way, wearing masks when there's no one else around. You don't have to do that anymore. You got your vaccine. I don't know what changed there, but you don't have to do that anymore. But they put in the, you know, this pump is out of service, and they're literally putting that pump out of service with the yellow baggie on the handle that says this pump is out of service, putting it in their car. Yes, I've seen those. I've seen the ones where they're literally filling up grocery bags and trash bags full of gasoline and putting them in the back of their car. Let me repeat that for you, for those that may be on the slow end of the aisle here, that people are filling up grocery bags and garbage bags, garbage plastic bags, full of gasoline as a liquid, tying it off and putting it in their back seat because they're so desperate to try and uh, take as much gasoline as you can. Of course, the people that have the gas canisters as well, um, Tupperware buckets, just the like the big, you know, you put storage in it, Tupperware buckets. Yeah, those kind of things. It's ridiculous to see how desperate these people are. It's kind of ironic. Now, of course, I have a couple gas canisters. I would probably go and fill those up. That's cool. Filling your gas can or filling grocery bags and trash bags full of gasoline takes it to another level of stupid. I'm just throwing it out there. There are probably ones that would smoke as well in the car and then flip out the the cigarette, but onto the road. I mean, then I saw one and I don't know if it's true. I really hope it's not. I shared the meme on Facebook because it was kind of entertaining to me. But there was one lady that said, don't put diesel into your vehicle, into your Prius or other cars that take gas. I just thought it would make my engine louder. But in fact, I'm sitting here waiting for AAA. I I can't imagine people being that dumb. But at the same time, with the other pictures I've seen, I wouldn't put it past them anymore. So today's one of those lower days where I'm just like, wow, humanity really is not going to survive a whole lot longer. At the same time. Yesterday we talked, and we kind of wrapped up the program with it, where we talk about humanity not surviving and not the most commonsensical things coming out of the mouths of individuals. We played a clip from uh, the press secretary, Saki, who uh, talked about the CPI, the consumer price index, inflation going up and prices of goods going up. And this was the response officially from the Biden administration on why. Prices of goods are getting more expensive as inflation jumped by 4.2%, the fastest in a one-month growth than we've seen back in since 2008. Over the last couple of days, to your point, um, some reaction to the CPI numbers uh, that came out just yesterday. And, you know, our view on that is it reflects the reality of an economy that's rapidly turning uh, back on uh, because of a successful economic strategy. And if you dig into the data, there are a couple of factors at play that I think people are – taking a look at now that we've dug into the data more. That's right. We've dug into the data and we've looked at really good things and we've seen that it's actually a really good thing because the economy is coming back up from positive economic policy that the Biden administration is passing. So the fact that goods are getting more expensive is a really good thing because the economy is coming back. That's what they said. No, you just heard it right there. That's exactly what they said. Now here's another story to tie into that as well from the Associated Press. Retail sales were flat in April. as stimulus spending wanes. I love the excuse that the AP gives as well, not because of inflation prices going up, not because things are getting more expensive, not because people are going back to work or refusing to go back to work because now we have a worker shortage with all the jobs available and no one wanting to go back because of the unemployment benefits from the federal government and the stimulus payments that are coming in. But according to the Associated Press, retail sales in the U.S. were flat in April after soaring in March. Many Americans received their $1,400 stimulus checks that boosted spending. But the report that came out on Friday last week from the U.S. Commerce Department was worse than 0.8%, than the 0.8% rise that Wall Street had analyzed. In fact, it wasn't all bad. March's numbers were revised upwards to 10.7% of Americans started receiving a third round of stimulus paychecks that month, helping retail sales soar. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know what you did with your stimulus payments. It's none of my business. What I did personally with my stimulus payment when I got mine was I applied it towards debt because I want to pay off things. So that way I'm less dependent on things because that's just what I do. I did invest in a few things, as in like upgrading a few things that broke at my home. But nonetheless, that's what we did. There's nothing wrong with that. But they stimulate these things by giving you cash. That's inflating, by the way, causing inflation. We raise the value or lower the value of the dollar. We raise printing of the dollar because we're just giving you money that's backed by our taxpayers. So we're paying ourselves, essentially. Uh, we get that money. We stimulate the economy. But when it's all gone, they expect that to just maintain. I don't understand why this is a la- uh, why this isn't common sense. If you give them an extra check, sure, they're going to spend it into the consumer market. But then it flatlines because then they're out of the money. Now you need to go back to work and get more money so you can continue to do that. But we saw a major spike in the economy, by the way, in the media and the Democrats and the progressives. They loved it. Look at that. The economy's coming back under Joe Biden. Look at that. Donald Trump's economy, not nearly as good as what Joe Biden does. Look, we have a faster pace of recovery under Joe Biden than what we did Donald J. Trump, because look at that consumer prices or consumer spending back up. People are spending money again after the COVID-19 stimulus paychecks. Now that the paychecks are gone, the retail sales and the sales tax flatlined for the government, and they're panicking. And yet we're saying that the rise in prices is actually a good thing because then you can spend more money on fewer items— and that's good for the economy. Over the last couple of days, to your point, um, some reaction to the CPI numbers uh, that came out just yesterday. And, you know, our view on that is it reflects the reality of an economy that's rapidly turning uh, back on uh, because of a successful economic strategy. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know what this is going to mean? It means that they're going to flatline and they're going to say, well, look, the economy's not coming back as quickly as we thought. I mean, this is looking in the future. This is exactly what they want to do, that the economy is not coming back as quickly as we thought. We did the stimulus payments in March. We saw retail sales go up. People are spending money. Inflation's going up, which means it's more expensive, which now we're going to say, well, we need to increase the uh, the COVID-19 unemployment benefits because that means people can't quite afford to live anymore after the inflation rate, meaning the lowering of the value of the dollar. The price of the good didn't go up. The value of the good didn't go up. Just it takes more money to purchase that same item because of inflation and the value of the dollar going down. The stock market took a hiccup a few days ago. It's trying to creep back up there, and it's trying to recover. But what this means is that we need another round of stimulus payments, and we need to extend the unemployment COVID-19 benefits, the additional benefits on top of regular unemployment benefits. We need to extend those, and we need another round of stimulus payments. Oh, and by the way, starting in July, in case you've forgotten, if you have any kids left at home as dependents, you're going to get that child tax credit and the amount of $250 to $300 a month automatically injected into your bank account every single month in a month and a half from now. Why? Because if we can extend that, and then we extend the benefits, and then we give you another round of stimulus payments, then guess what? Consumer spending will go through the roof, baby, and we can praise everybody and talk about how great the spending is for consumer items and how great it is for people spending money in this nation. And look how quickly our economy is recovering because they're spending more money. Now, it takes more money to buy the item, but they're spending more money because of that. Because they have all this extra money. And then that's going to be the next step of, well, let's just do this permanently. You know what's coming. You know what's going to happen. You know they're going for the, uh, I mean, they're going full-on socialist already crazy at the federal level. They're, They're going to be conditioning you, as we've been saying, for that universal basic income. The child tax credit on a monthly basis. The extension of the unemployment benefits where you don't have to go to work. If you're not going to work, you're not getting any money. You can't spend on consumeristic items, which means you can't grow the GDP or grow the economy. So let's just give you some money to continue to do that. We'll have the child tax credit. And by the way, the retail sales flattened. The economy's not doing well again. That's right. People aren't spending as much money. The economy still hasn't yet to come back from COVID-19. We need just another stimulus package. We need the American Families package. We need the infrastructure package. That way we can boost the economy. All of it, by the way, spending more at the federal level, continuously lowering the value at that dollar until it's worth absolutely zero, zilch, nada. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. at who's Republic, you're listening to the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, Gerard. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out, especially on a Friday. It's a Friday afternoon for many individuals. Friday evening, get to enjoy a little bit going into the weekend. Hopefully, you don't have to work for the weekend, and we have a heck of a lineup for you next week here on the show. Make sure to not miss that one. Can you believe we are halfway through the month of May? We have Memorial Day just a few weeks away, and summertime officially starts. Hard to believe. Welcome back in radio and TV plus the live streaming podcasting as well. If you have any comments, positive or negative about the show, you can always email me at who's your media network at gmail.com. That's who's your media network at gmail.com. I love getting emails. I'll read some of them on the air. I get a lot that I don't read on the air just because there's no reason. But if you have any good points or any questions or anything, I will answer those as we do have our mailbox section here on the show. And we do that. So you can always email me. I've gotten some like Andy, you have no idea what you're talking about. All right, cool. Explain why. We'll even have you on as a guest to debate it, because I love to do that as well. For example, I got a comment over the break saying, Andy, there will be no crash. There will be no crash. You are an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. There will be no economic crash. Okay, let's break it down, shall we? We have already 23 $24, 25000000000000 trillion in debt as a nation. We spent more money than we ever had in a six-month stint for the first six months of the fiscal year for this year at the federal level. Uh, that was before, by the way, the Joe Biden $6 trillion between the $2 trillion for the COVID package, the $2 trillion for the infrastructure package, the $2 trillion for the uh, families package. That would be $6 trillion on top of that. That's going to lower the value of the dollar. People aren't working because unemployment benefits are too sweet right now. Then we see at the same time, uh, we're just going to punt it off to the younger generation, right? The future generations will be the ones to handle this issue. They can deal with it. Until then, we're going to live nicely and live luxuriously here, right? Well, then we see a story here. According to MSN.com, a blinking light ahead, slowing population growth raises questions about America as a land with unlimited horizons. Now they go on about how bad it is for the slowing population. I want to ask you this question. If we are supposed to handle the financial burdens later on down the road in the future generations, how are we supposed to do that with less people? Because we're supposed to distribute it among, right? It's all about socialism, the distribution among everybody else. We just need to distribute all of it, right? Yeah. But yet, we're going to have less people to do that burden. Social Security is the perfect example of that. Before It would take like two people to support one person on social security. Because remember, just to let you know, in case you aren't aware of this, when you pay into social security, you're not putting it in a nice little bank account for yourself for when you get out to start withdrawing it. You're paying for someone who's currently on the program. That's how social security works. So it took before back in the 1950s, 60s, when this stuff kind of started, it really got some momentum. It was about two people, two and a half people to one person on social security. Now it's five to one meaning the value is so little with the dollar, meaning it takes so much work and there's so many people on the program is that it takes more of the working population to support one person on social security because it's so expensive and they're living much longer and it's, so expensive that we have to have five workers instead of two to support one person. And with more people going on it, with the baby boomers retiring right now, it's putting a burden on the workforce. Now, imagine with my generation, if I even get Social Security when I retire. Imagine my generation where it's going to be like a 10 to 1 ratio and my generation is going to be an extremely large population compared to the younger generations who are having a slower growing population size. They're going to be taking care. It's not sustainable. It's just not sustainable then you look at the continuous more people and more people that are on social programs which the democrats love if they can hit that 51 52 53 percent threshold they got it made baby, because then there's going to be more people on the government dole that are voting to advocate for the continuation of these programs as opposed to the working class there will be more people on dependency than there will be people in the workforce that's concerning And as we go further in the long-term progressive agenda that FDR talked about all the way back when with the slow increments little by little by little, they're working. And it's succeeding. And it's getting worse as the days goes on. Austin Ruse. We'll talk with him coming up after the break, talking about the packing of the Supreme Court when we come back here for a Friday on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the Millennial Generation 1 radio listener at a time. The fastest hour of radio by far on radio and TV, plus the live streaming and the podcasting as well. All over the place, doesn't matter where you're at watching or listening, we appreciate you so, so much. Austin Roos will get on the program here hopefully soon. Wasn't able to get a hold of him during the break. Kind of a weird week that way, too. Some guests just having a hard time getting a hold of them, but we had had some great ones. Next week, just a little teaser for you. I am excited to have on the program Bill O'Reilly of the Bill O'Reilly Report. He used to have the radio show, used to have the Fox News TV show. Now he's doing some other stuff, working on some other alternative projects. So we'll have Bill O'Reilly with his latest book. He'll be on the program, I believe, on Tuesday next week. Make sure to stay tuned in for that. That'll be kind of fun as well, plus the downloaded podcast we can find all over on any of your favorite podcasting sites as well. So we knew it was going to happen at some point. It's okay, because we got plenty to talk about here. We'll try and have some fun. But I want to ask a question. You can, again, shoot me a message on the social media at who's your reason. Email me who's your media network at gmail.com. Here's my question of the day. Now that we have the no mask policy for if you've been fully vaccinated with the COVID-19 pandemic, I think it's a little dumb. I've been asking the question and maybe you can explain it to me. How do you go from a week ago saying, no, you still need to wear a mask when you get fully vaccinated because of the breakthrough cases, because you don't know who uh, has not gotten the vaccine? We want a higher herd immunity from the vaccine, which Joe Biden wants it at 70 percent by Fourth of July. We're sitting at 40 to 45 percent right now. Not going to happen. You can't book anymore. No one wants it anymore. That's why they had to lower the age to 12. So you can be like, hey, go vaccinate your kids. Because that makes a whole lot of sense. No, it doesn't, by the way. That's being sarcastic for me personally. Uh, So now that we're getting rid of the mask because of a change in policy, voila, all of a sudden the the virus does not get you if you get the vaccine. Trying to incentivize people, we will allow you. We will give you your rights back if you get the vaccine. Then you can stop wearing the mask. The next question is going to be, how do you know the difference between the ones that have been fully vaccinated with the vaccine and those that haven't gotten the vaccine and don't want to wear a mask? How do you differentiate? Now, many states, including right here in the state of Kansas where I'm in right now, many states have banned the vaccination ID cards to where you can't you know, prove, can I see your papers, ma'am? Can I see your papers, sir? Uh, so we haven't, We ban, many states are banning those. Because that's dumb and that's stupid and that's kind of crossing a line. And I think most people agree that's kind of crossing a line. So then the next question would be is how do you know who's been vaccinated that can take off the mask? And who are the dirty, slimy, filthy, undesirables in society that haven't gotten vaccinated and don't want to wear a mask and are trying to spread the disease and kill people left and right? How can you tell the difference between the two? I don't know. Because you just want you have a store, you have a personal shop, you walk into it and people are like, can I see your papers? No. okay. Here's the next question is what if you medically can't or you religiously don't get any vaccines at all? You're maybe you're an anti-vaxxer or you just don't trust this one or you have a medical condition where you can't get vaccines. What do you do then? What do businesses do? Taking this to the next level, because I can tell you right now, it's going to cause mayhem and they're going to try and say, well, the COVID cases are up. We need to shut down again. Or they're going to try and make another excuse and say that there's other variants of the virus out there. So therefore, we need to mask up again or it's going to be seasonal or we're just going to put it on your list. Like when you get your hepatitis shot and you get this shot and you get that shot. Oh, by the way, we're also going to make mandate the the COVID-19 vaccine with that shot as well, and then it'll be you know every couple of months or every six months or every year with the flu shot. We'll just do that one as well. Maybe we'll combine them. <laughs> but we know it's coming because right now people still already don't want to go back to work just because of the unemployment benefits. The other excuse they're trying to make to kind of prolong that is saying, well, I don't feel comfortable going back in society. And with the hypocrisy from the medical field and from the politicians and from the health officials all over the nation, where they're like, you don't need to wear a mask, then yes, you do need to wear a mask, and then you need to wear two or three different masks, and you still need to wear the mask after the after you get the virus or after you get the vaccine, and then well, no, now you don't need to wear the mask after you get the vaccine. It's hard to keep up sometimes on exactly what direction they're going to go next. But it's fun to watch, too, because it's funny how people are so gullible. They just blindly go along with it. Oh, well, we don't have to wear a mask today. Okay. You only need to wear it if you're within, like, 10 feet of someone for, like, 10 minutes or if you keep your six feet social distance. You don't need to wear it. Okay. Well, I know you need to wear it all the time. Okay. Well, you're not going to get the virus if you get the vaccine. Okay. Well, you kind of could. Okay. Like, (laughs) you would sometimes, can you just stop and think and just ask yourself, what am I doing here? Can you just ask yourself for just one second, like, wait a second, can we get a little bit of consistency here? I mean, let's think about it for a second with the vaccine and the mask. If it was policy last week where you needed to wear the mask after the vaccine, after you got the vaccine and you were fully vaccinated, what has changed from then to now and what's the incentive for the government to start saying we're going to let you unmask? It's to get more people to get the vaccine. So, oh, my gosh, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I can finally just get the vaccine. Then I can take off this mask. I'm so tired of it. But I ask again, how do you know who has gotten it and who has not gotten it? And how do we start regulating that? Because you know that's going to be the next step. And while people are still concerned about going into the general populace after this virus and they want to stay on the government time and they want to stay on the unemployment benefits because they're scared of going back into the workforce, so they want to try and work from home. I mean, if that's cool, but guess what? Your unemployment benefits are going to stop at some point. Oh, wait, no, they're not. We just extended them through September, and we're probably going to extend them again thereafter that because it's not quite there. That issue in that story we read earlier about the flatlining sales tax and the flatlining retail sales last month is a sign of what's to come. They saw a massive bump after a COVID stimulus payment. Literally just giving people $1,400, $2,000, $3,000, depending on the size of your family, $4,000, just giving you a check and saying, here you go, sorry for your troubles during COVID, even though we're starting to open up. Of course, when you give someone a $5,000 check, what are they going to do? They're going to go and spend. So they saw a bump in there, and the media ran with it, and the Democrats ran with it, and the Biden administration ran with it. Look at how great the economy is doing. Then we see the story now for the month of April. Oh, it went down. Everybody spent the money. Now the retail sales flatline because they're out of cash again. To them, that's a decrease in the economy. It's not going back to normal and back to the normal basis here. That's a decrease in the economy. So what do we have to do? Pump it up again. We don't want to work. That's cool. We'll extend your benefits. You don't want to go back because you're concerned about masking That's cool. We'll continue your benefits. That's going to be down the road. Oh, look, the economy's not back up yet. As we go into, uh, look, as we go into the budget debates for the summertime, because the federal budget needs to be done August, September-ish for the new fiscal year, they're going to say the economy's not back where it needs to be yet. We need the uh, universal basic income. We need the increase in the benefits, and we need another stimulus payment. We'll just give them the stimulus payment every single month. Because it's no longer a universal basic income. It's just going to be stimulus checks. But now businesses get to make their decision. How do I operate once I get back open? I can actually get employees to actually get hired. How do I do do this? How do I handle this issue? Do I ask for cards? Because some lawyers say, you have the legal right to do that. You can ask customers when they walk in, do you have a mask? No, I got vaccinated. Do you have proof of your vaccination so you can walk in here? My basic question, stepping back a little bit and just asking it again, and this is coming from someone who has not gotten the vaccine and who will not get the vaccine, is if you're protected and you have the vaccine, why do you care if I have it or not? Why do you care? But to them, that's a really big major issue. You need to get it or you're spreading the virus. How am I spreading it if you have the vaccine? I'm just asking simple questions. Maybe a health professional will ask it. And we'll get some more on the program. We have another one coming back on the program and on Monday, Dr. Steve Hoetze. As you know, now, that's a trigger warning for some. Some don't like him. Because he talks about the natural medicines and the vitamins and how bad the vaccine actually could potentially be and to be hesitant about taking the vaccine. So I know that's a controversial doctor. We'll get other doctors on the program as well. But I just like to ask the basic, simple question. If you have it and I don't, what does it matter to you? But now businesses are going to make those decisions from the talk show host who is starting a small side business and works for a small company business. Let me ask you a question or let me give you some advice as a business owner for you. Don't recommend or mandate someone have to either wear the mask or get the vaccination because you're losing customers. This last year during COVID, you've been struggling. This last year during COVID, you have struggled to stay in business. Why would you divide your customer base if you had that option? Why wouldn't you just say, come on, come all, everybody come back and buy my products. Everybody come back and sit down at my restaurant. Everybody come back to the nightclub and come party again. Everybody come to my bar and have a drink. And you know what? Let's get the business going again. We'll do some promotions. We'll get the sporting events up and going again. We'll have some fun. It's going to be a great time. Why would you marginalize and be like, do you have your mask? Do you have the vaccine? Because businesses are going to now be divided like we do with other things, with Second Amendment issues. Or was supporting uh, certain sporting events based on the controversial political statements there where now everywhere you spend your money has some type of motive behind it for some certain agenda one way or the other. It's sad that we live in a society like that, but the reality is we do. And the reality is we need to spend our money wisely. Personally, there's certain banks I will not bank at because they don't like my guns. And there's cases of them actually shutting down bank accounts and debit cards if you try to purchase a firearm. So guess what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to support them. I'm not going to support certain businesses that are like, oh, yeah, Colin Kaepernick's awesome and I'm going to sponsor him. I'm not going to support them. I will support a business where it's like, you know what, you can carry your concealed carry in here because we want you to be covered just in case something happens. And when we have a restaurant full of 50 people with guns, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get robbed because we feel safer. I'm going to support a business like that. It's sad we make our political decisions based on where we spend our money. I don't want it to come down to that as well, saying when I walk in the door, do you have your mask and do you have a proof of vaccination? Because you know what I'm going to do? Gonna turn around and walk right back out that door And I don't care if it's a major store Or if it's a local mom and pop shop in the community And that's the message that we have to really spread As we go about Because it's going to be an interesting times Where the Democrats and the government Are going to be desperate to hold on to the power That they've had for the last year They don't want to let it go So let's create another emergency Another catastrophe Another paranoia So people keep listening to what they actually had to say The Voice of Reason With Andy Hoosier information at reason.com. you're listening to the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last segment, it goes by way too fast, and we've had a lot of fun. By the way, just to let you know, I had the pleasure of filling in for the great Mark Walters on Armed American Radio today. We did that show just before this program, so two shows back-to-back. We love it, and it's a lot of fun as he's all over the country as well with his program. We're growing all over the country on this program, and we're just having way too much fun on the radio today, trying to keep it somewhat lighthearted, but I tell you, there's some, again... I'm at that level right now where I'm kind of on the low of is humanity ever going to like learn a lesson and actually progress here? Are we just like learning how to tie our shoes again? (laughs) I don't know. We see people with grocery bags full of gasoline over on the East Coast. We have people thinking that inflation is a really good thing. We have people just blindly listening to the government about COVID stuff about you can now not wear your mask if you got vaccinated because that wasn't okay last week. But it's okay this week. The virus changed. It, manip- it changed and it adapted. And now you're completely safe. You don't have to worry about it. I will say, though, I am, I, I, have to laugh a little bit. Yesterday we did our tribute to the Republican Party, which I very rarely do because I'm more critical about, kind of like your own kids, you know, where you're more critical if you're a coach for like a softball or baseball team, which I may be this year. Little voice of reason for the first year might be doing t-ball and I might be a coach on it. I'm super excited about that. I mean, I've looked at that time for a long time. I played baseball all through Little League, all the way up through high school. Ended up not playing much in high school and I kind of phased away from it. But I played baseball. That was my life, all my childhood, every summer. That was it, baby, was baseball. Now I could be coaching Miss a Little Voice of Reason softball team or baseball. Team. I think this year they're going to do a co-ed thing, but super excited about that. But if you know some of the parents like that that do coach, a lot of them, Like my parents, they were harder on me than they were the rest of the team because they want to make sure that you're going to uh, be up to that par because they didn't want to look like they were the ones just putting you into certain positions. I've seen coaches like that as well that I played on. Oh, you're terrible? Go ahead and be the pitcher because I'm the dad and I'm going to put you in there because my son's going to be the star pitcher on this team. (laughs) You know those people. You know it. You've seen it. But like me, I would be harder on my daughter than anybody else because I want to make sure that she's at that level So when we do put her in certain positions, people are like, oh, they're just putting her in there because, you know, her dad coaches. You don't want to do that. So just like in that same mentality, I use that philosophy with the Republican Party. I'm Republican. I'm conservative first, but I'm Republican. I'm going to be tougher on the Republican Party because we hold an extremely high standard for ourselves. We're a party of limited government. We're a party of lower taxes. We're a party of limited government overall. We're a party of getting rid of regulations. We're a party of individual liberty. We're a party of free market, laissez-faire, capitalist, you know, economic styles. That's what we do. The Invisible hand with Adam Smith, baby. That's what we're all about. So we need to be hard on ourselves. And I praise the Republican Party for getting rid of Liz Cheney out of leadership yesterday after that announcement came out. And we put in the new congresswoman who's going to be the leader, who's a quote-unquote Trump loyalist, according to CNBC. as a, Ooh, the, the, a Trump loyalist they put in as leadership. I don't care who she is. It's just better than Liz Cheney if she makes the better decisions because we're, not going, we're going to clean ourselves up in that manner. At the same time, there are the rabble-rousers in the party as well that some like, and I find entertaining— she has yet to quite cross the line where I don't like her, but I find it kind of a little bit of, uh, but at the same time, it gets. Is, is she's doing it against Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, so I have a hard time being mad at her. If it was anybody else, and it was someone who's maybe a little more respected, then I'd be like, you really don't want to do that because it's unprofessional, kind of cheesy. But the fact that she's doing it against Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, I'm kind of okay with. Gotta be honest, but Congresswoman. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, as you know, has been going after, tried to say that she was going to debate AOC on the Green New Deal. That never happened. Then a couple of days ago, the confrontation in the hallway that we had talked about that AOC's people said she was very upset about. We need more security. We need a safe space in these hallways for elected officials to actually get together. Well, part of it apparently was Marjorie Taylor Greene going to AOC's office in the congressional chambers. And opening up the envelope, slipping the door, and yelling, get get rid of your diaper, stop being a baby, and stop locking your door, and come out and face the American citizens that you serve. (laughs) Like, opening up the envelope letter and shouting that, because she was hiding in her office and locked the door. Now, AOC's definitely one to where, if anything triggers her in any way, shape, or form, that she goes and hides in her office and locks the door so no one can actually come in. And, you know, so, again... If it was a respectable elected official, I'd be like, you know, that's pushing the limit. That's really unprofessional. It's really uncalled for. Let's back it off and dial it down a little bit. But against the O.C., kind of okay with it. I wonder if anybody's yelled out there and actually given her the definition of what a garbage disposal is. I'm just asking questions. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, just not caring. Hashtag just don't care. Kind of like the hashtag Trump don't care. That's really where we're at with some of the members there. And I get it. I understand it. They're fired up, they're upset, and they don't want to play Nice these anymore because you get the little AOCs that just like to go hide in their office and run away when they do something really, really dumb. That does it for us today. Podcast up in a little bit. We're back at it on Monday. Until then, this is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram,